G'day everyone, this is Rita Joyan and welcome to the Unbox Your Give podcast. How to turn a passion into a profession and what does that mean? It means my guests are going to give you the blueprint of how they turn their passion into a profession, the step-by-step instructions of what they did. And my guest today, I'm very excited to have her because she has just started her business just in March, her work, but that's very exciting because I want to show you what it takes from a a recent perspective of turning a passion of a publishing company into a profession. And my guest is Tegan Margetts. Tegan, have I said your surname correctly? Yes, that's perfect. Super. She's a mother of two and co-founder of Ethi Cool Books, spelt E-T-H-I-C-O-O-L. Play on the word, that's nice. The co-founder of Ethical Books, a children's publishing company that creates books that about the world's biggest issues and then inspires kids to take action. In her own words, Ethical Books is Tegan's second company and a reminder she was never meant to be a corporate slave. Mm-hmm, I'm here, I'm totally here. Prior to her business, Tegan frog hopped, I like that, frog hopped through eight different companies and multiple different roles, ranging from accounting to HR, with three redundancies, many failures, and a lot of lessons learned in her miserable attempt to make a traditional career work. Tegan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Rita. Well, this is really exciting. Now, I, I, there's a lot I want to get into about the journey of how you've even started two companies and the publishing house. But before all that, we want to set the record straight and see how human and vulnerable you are. Give us an example of a failure that you've had to taste through this journey. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I started my first business, which was as, as a freelance copywriter uh, when I was five months pregnant. And so I was basically, yeah, in the thick of it um, when my first son was born. Uh, so basically what this meant was a lot of late nights, um, a lot of very tired work. Um, and I was, uh, at the time, I was uh, freelancing for uh, one of Australia's biggest underwear brands. And I uh, was tasked with sending email marketing. So I had drafted up uh, what I thought was an excellent email and sent it at 3am. Um, <laughs> I woke up at 9.30am and I had an abusive voicemail from the agency manager. So instead of um, an email that said final sale, I had written renal sale. <laughs> So uh, an email about a kidney sale went out to two, over 100,000 people. Um, they weren't very happy. Oh, my God. Sugar. Were you okay after that incident? Because that would have just like put you in panic mode. Uh, yeah, I think because I just started my business and I was like, you know, it's all about reputation. I want to nail everything I do. I was absolutely mortified. I was oh. like, they're going to tell everyone that they're never going to use me again. <laughs> like, this is the end. Um, and I think over time, I've kind of realized, you know, it's more funny than anything. Okay. Yeah, oh, totally. Oh, totally. Well, you, you live to tell the tale and to laugh about it. So that's, that's the best part of the failures. So tell me now, this is your second company. Was the first company your copywriting like your direct marketing? yes absolutely so i have sort of um a, a, it's it's just me I, i'm a freelance copywriter and i do digital marketing as well so. fantastic and with the digital marketing do you only work with companies or do you work with like uh, solopreneurs do you work with uh you know smes like who was your clientele 
Yeah, absolutely. So it's been very varied, uh, but I definitely love working with um, small um, and medium-sized businesses just because when you have uh, that high touch with the actual founders, they're such passionate and inspiring people. Um, and just the, it's just the most, uh, you, feel you, you feel your impact a lot more than working for big corporations. I love that. I'm just interested to know, Tegan, what inspired you to start the business at five months being pregnant? <laughs> That's, yeah, I, think I know that's really so crazy. Um, so I, yeah, I think uh, it was really interesting, really interesting sort of career journey um, for me. I always thought that I would be this high flying, you know, powered businesswoman. Um, <laughs> um, that did not work out for me. Um, it was literally just like failure after failure. Like I, it started when I was 22. I worked for KPMG. I got an internship. Uh, there was 150 of us um, and only two of us didn't get invited to be grads. Uh, one guy had this sexual harassment issue with his manager and the other person was me. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm not sure why, but I guess I just felt I wasn't a fit. And I think that that really, honestly, that journey, just it just, it just kept going. I just kept going from business to business and I would be okay for the first few months. But then I wouldn't like the politics, the roles get boring. Um, I didn't respect my manager. Um, it just never felt right. And so I think I kind of, it just grew in me this idea that maybe it wasn't the right path. Um, and then just randomly, I think uh, in 2009, so a really long time ago, a friend had asked me, oh, would you like to write a blog just for my website basically and I was like oh yeah sounds fun um and then when I did it it was just like this moment and I was like I think this is what I'm meant to do like it didn't feel like work I just completely loved it like I would do this for free like I was doing it for free and I and I and, and I would have continued that way mm. um so from there I basically just started putting the feelers out there you know would anyone want a freelance writer to do this or that um and I thought like people were really open to it uh so mm. I just like I kind of grew and grew my client base till it got to a point where I was like you know I think I can actually quit being um you know working for a company and start doing this uh, and then yeah when I was pregnant it was becoming really hard to commit to mm -hmm. the job that I had yeah. and then one day I just thought well you know what like what better time than now <laughs> so I, just, <laughs> um, I started freelancing full time Oh, I love that. This is wonderful. So can I ask you, when you were freelancing, because this is really interesting for anyone who's listening to want to freelance, when you were freelancing, how were you putting your feelers out there? How were you getting uh, people to get to know you and get to hire you? Like, were you posting on a job ad somewhere? Were you, uh, you know? No, I, I actually wasn't. Uh, so basically, um, I had kind of built up like a, a few clients in the same area. Like, I, interestingly, like I, I just out of my passion, I'd written a, quite a bit about gender diversity and stuff like that. So I, I actually started with a couple of clients who had like they were their target market was like mums in business or were in business. Um, and when I could show them that I'd written something uh, in that space, like in that industry, they were like, oh, okay, sure. Like, uh, I reckon I might have a job or two for you. And then sort of just grew from there because I had a lot of similar items in my portfolio. Mm -hmm. And then as it grew and grew, I, I just had an example of everything. So it was okay. pretty easy to meet clients. I would, I'd literally approached everyone directly on LinkedIn. I, I never applied for any jobs or anything. Oh, fantastic. So you apply directly. And so that's really interesting. So you're writing blog posts or in your writing, is a blog post that you're mainly writing? Yeah, blog posts, um, web copy, ADMs, um, business reports, literally anything that would need to be written in a business, uh, I would do it. 
see that, that's really interesting because in your in your corporate career you went from any any role from based on accounting to HR and yet you found that writing was really a calling did you ever did that because this because I teach how to find your passion did you ever find that you know the writing the part of it that you really enjoyed did that ever ignite in you when you, as a kid or during your journey ever and then you kind of say oh you know I, I'll leave that aside and I'll just go to do the HR or the marketing. Yeah, definitely it did. Um, I think it's so interesting because whenever I'm also talking to people about my journey, I just say like, think back to your childhood and what actually made you happy. Um, so yeah, in my childhood, I was just a prolific reader and writer. I, I would literally write a new storybook every week. Wow. Um, so, and that, yeah, that just gave me so much joy. So I, I think if I look back, it really made sense that that's something that I would have ended up doing. Yeah. I think along the way, you know, we get distracted by society's expectations and where we think the money is and yeah. um, all the rest. But yeah, it, um, you know, when I kind of found that again, I just thought, why did I ever do anything else? That's, you know, that's so interesting. At what point, if, if you can think back to me, please, Tegan, at what point did you turn down the volume of your love of writing? Like, like what happened? Were you at school? Were you like, you know, you had to concentrate on exams? Did you, did someone say something like that? What, like, can you recall at what point you had to turn down the, the volume of the love of writing? Because then you forgot about it because then you went and became an intern and you went and did, you know, eight different companies came along. What point was that? Yeah, actually, I think th this interesting idea, and maybe we're moving away from it in school, that you need to try everything and be good at everything, a breadth of things as opposed to a depth. So I think back at school, you know, you have the hard subjects like maths and science, um, and I persisted with them just because I felt like that's what I should do. Um, but look, I'll look across my marks, my passions, and literature and history where I would write prolifically was just what I loved and made me happy, and I was like, terrible at maths and science there's no way I should have been in those subjects <laughs> accounting I mean I, that was a massive mistake I still feel so sorry for KPMG <laughs> they should never find <laughs> <hide> me <laughs> for anyone international gets KPMG is a big accounting firm in Australia <laughs> and so that's what she's like okay so you you're five months pregnant you start freelancing you stopped commuting you stopped your job and now you're doing a full-time at what point did you think I'm going to start a publishing company yeah, sure, sure. Uh, so, you know, I think um, the interesting thing about starting a business, even if it is just a, a little freelancing business, which is sort of really what I have been doing mm -hmm. mostly, is you get the confidence to back yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and that has been, I reckon, the most fundamental lesson that I, anyone needs to learn to get out of that corporate life. Just back yourself. Know you can do it. Know you're going to make money in the end. And know you succeed. You will succeed if it's your passion. Um, so essentially, the journey for me is like I still love writing. That's just who I am. It's what I'll always do. Uh, but last year, uh, very sadly, uh, my mom passed away. Um, and that like fund and my and at the same time I just had my second son, mm. um, so it was a very traumatic period. And I think that that really kind of ignited that next journey in pursuing my passion. Mm. So it wasn't just going to be about writing, you know, for other people and helping them grow their businesses, which is lovely. And I, I I'll always in in a way do it. Um, but it was basically like, well, you know, there's a next generation here. Um, then they're not going to have like 
you know, other people may not have their amazing grandparents in their lives. I want to teach them something. I want to give back. I want to make the world a better place. You know, I'm a mom. I'm, I'm missing my mom a lot. Um, and so that's kind of, that was for me, it was just this awakening uh, where I realized that, okay, I think I'm going to take this next step on my journey now. Um, and, you know, have, have a publishing company as the ultimate goal for me. Oh, that's gorgeous. That's absolutely beautiful. And so you, you start this publishing company. So where, where is the company at the moment? What stage is it at? Yeah, absolutely. So last year, it was very much the investigative stage. Uh, so basically what we did is we wrote a whole bunch of books um, and we figured out how to get them printed and how to get them illustrated and how to register yourself as a publisher and what that means and all the rest. Um, and then this year we've decided just to go for the big launch um, and to put everything in it and hope the best. Okay. <laughs> okay. So because it's, it's in the it's in the early stages, which means that have you published books at the at this point in time or uh, yes. But yes, we have nine books we've already published. Um, so that's really exciting. Uh, in terms of the model, we are an e-com business. Okay. So um, obviously I've done a lot with the digital and my partner, who's also my husband, is an e-commerce um, e specialist. So in terms of distribution, it just made sense for us to follow that model. Okay. Um, and so the actual publishing is really quite, it, it's just a small operational detail and right. registering yourself as a publisher, is, it's the same thing. Okay. Um, so we have, yes, so we now have nine books um, and we have another six are coming. We've just signed up five new authors. So we have another six books coming out this year exciting it's all happening okay so if i were to take a step back so when you say it's a digital uh it's a digital publishing house does that mean it's like um all the books are published online like ebooks is that what it means no so basically uh you know uh, traditionally although realistically we're moving very quickly away from this with covid but just the general trends um a lot of books are in bookshops uh, but from a distribution and operational perspective, we just sell our books online. So they're oh. actual books. Yeah, they're actual books. Um, but we, they're sold exclusively through an e-commerce store. Oh, okay. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. I love that. Because, I mean, Tegan, was, we were talking before we pressed record, and she's in Melbourne, Australia. And Melbourne, Australia is currently some of the suburbs, about 30 suburbs are in complete lockdown. Like you can't leave the house unless you're going to work, you're getting groceries, you're caring for someone or like it's an emergency or you, you know, and it's just like, well, we're just talking about, uh, she says to me, I don't think I can stand another two months with two kids and no playground. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's heavy duty. So the fact that you've chosen to go online because of the situation of the world where we don't know whether you can go out or not, you've chosen to sell the books online. Now, can you tell me the, the word ethical, where did you get like the play on the word? How did, where did you, did you come up with that yourself? Cause I mean, you are a copywriter. <laughs> yourself? Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, so basically, it, it's kind of that note. It's, it's, it's a derivative of ethical, you know, the ethical decisions that you have to make every day. Um, and then cool. Yeah, so don't need to <laughs> that. Um, it's basically um, that we, we, we are sort of a different publisher in that we're really focused on titles that, that try to make the world a better place. Uh, that's really important to us. Um, so we're just about to publish one on anxiety, you know, because a lot of people, kids and parents have that and experience that. We've got a title on climate change, we've got a title on poverty. Um, and just the general notion that if we can introduce our kids to these concepts early in a beautiful story in a way that they relate to, then maybe they want to gonna grow up and, um, and make a positive change in the world. I love it. So I, I, there's a few questions that are swimming in my head. The first one is, you've got authors that write these books for kids 
Is, is that, are you writing the books? Yes. So I've written a handful of books as well, um, which is really nice. Uh, and it's so cute when people send me pictures of their kids with my books. Uh, but I suppose true to my uh, writing background, I actually like, I, I enjoy more the marketing our company than I, than I do writing picture books. So uh, at the moment, um, I've got three titles that I publish, but I'm just going to just focus on growing the business um, and growing the message. So I'm really excited to do that. So when you say, like, so when, if someone is a writer and they come to you and they say, I have a children's book and you, will, you, you probably will assess it if you want to publish it through your company, what are you looking for? Like what, because I know it's got to be uh, based on a real world issue that can be obviously applicable to kids and then how they can take action. Is that the formula you're asking people to have when they come and work with you or be published by you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's a basic formula in terms of we, yeah, so we are, we had initially, we just thought this would be maybe a side hustle for us. Uh, but in the first few months, um, you know, we just got so much interest. We thought, okay, no, this is a real business now. Uh, and, and in that sort of period, we had over a thousand writers also come to us saying they wanted to work with us, which was so amazing. Uh, so yeah, in terms of what we look for, that, that is the fundamental uh, recipe for success I mean, the book also has to be beautifully written that's really important um, and conceptually interesting mm -hmm. uh, so say for example the issue of gender equality which is is one we still haven't found a great book on we're, we're really looking for that um, we have so interestingly we have I think over 100 people that have written to us a, a book about gender equality, about princesses, like princess girl, gender equality, like that, just my message. But if you Google that, there's already so many books that have that exact concept. Yeah. So it has to be conceptually different. Uh, that's fundamentally what we're looking for when we're taking something to market uh, because the publishing industry is really dominated by a couple of massive players that have been doing it for hundreds of years well, we can't compete with them anytime soon but as in any business if we can find something that's really unique then we're able to effectively market to our audience. Oh I love that, that is so beautiful. So what is it, the, what does it take to start a publishing company? Like what's step one, step two, step three? Like is it step one, get a website? Step two, to tell people you look, like what is, what do you do? What's, what are the steps? I think really because we've decided to go the distribution model of, of e-commerce, uh, mm -hmm. the, the question is more like what does it take to start an e-commerce business? Okay. Uh, so then, you know, fundamentally you need to start with a unique product. Um, you need to figure out how to create that. So last year we had a really extensive search for um, an actual pub publication house that would print the books. Uh, we, given our values, we tried so hard to find one in Australia um, that did recycled paper and slow basting. So that was really good for the environment, uh, but that it, it was going to cost us more than what we could ever sell the books for to do that. So we, we have had to go to China, but we've, extensively screened and found our publisher for now so that's really good news um so that then that's an essential step you know you, you find your product you figure out who's going to make it for you uh and then it's just about setting up the, the fundamentals of an online site uh, and then doing your marketing wonderful okay so the question is how to start an e-commerce site which you've just explained now you said something like slow ink i've never heard of that what's slow ink Oh, soy ink. So basically there's two, yeah, there's two types of, of ink that uh, you print with. One's petroleum-based ink, which is obviously petrol, yeah. very bad, yeah. also from a fossil fuel perspective. And soy, it's made from soybeans. 
I never knew that. Oh my God. So you found a yeah. publisher in China who can actually publish in soy ink. Yeah, soy ink and recycled paper. Yeah, so that's, that's really exciting. That's brilliant. Wow, I just didn't even know that was a thing. What would you say? What would you say? Um, so you're not months in. Do you go out and like post somewhere for authors to come and find you? Do you post on social media to people to submit their manuscripts to you? Is that how it works? Yep, yep. So we've got a pretty big following on Instagram now. So that's been really exciting for us. Uh, and then we are uh, working uh, essentially on our search engine optimization strategy quite heavily as well. So making sure that, you know, if someone was to Google um, children's books on anxiety, that we would hopefully be the number one result. So that's obligingly uh, what we're trying to do. Wonderful. So what are the, some of the things that you've currently tackled with the books that you've published at the moment? You've, anxiety is one of them. You're looking for gender equality. What are the, some of the issues that you've tackled with the current published books? Yeah, so our best-selling book, um, hang on, let me show you. <laughs> oh, sure. So our basement is also functioning as our warehouse at the moment. Typical We have a gym in here, not anymore. Um, so our two best-selling books, this is the first one. Um, it's called Remembering Mother Nature. Uh, and basically, it's a, it's a beautiful rhyming story where uh, we talk about the different things, you know, that humans have unfortunately done to the planet. So... Uh, you know, there's a scene in here where we talk about, oh, like we cut down trees and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but the central premise of the story is that, you know, you can grow up as a child and, and you, can, you can go out there and, and help save the planet. So mm -hmm. it's just a really beautiful narrative. And this is the second, our second bestseller here. Um, it's called Simon and the Sad Salad. Um, and basically it's a story of a boy who goes to his class party, um, but he can't afford to bring anything to the party except for a really sad salad because his mum's lost her job. Um, so he's quite, yeah, quite sad, uh, but the, it's got a happy ending because the, the main character in this story makes him a happy salad and promises to share until he gets back on his feet, basically. Wow, that is so... Uh grassroots level issues they're not like that that the second one like that's a real everyday issue that many kids would experience but would just even like not having lunch to take to school or it's just yeah yeah i know that one actually like that was inspired by my mom um because she was a school teacher and she used to tell me all the time uh that that was happening mm -hmm. so yeah that one is dedicated to her and um just that idea that you know you can you can share your lunch and that would really make Oh my god, that's gorgeous. So those are the kinds of beautiful issues that you're talking to kids about so they're aware of it so that they know, have an understanding of what to do in that situation or how to receive that situation. I think that's just so amazing. That is yeah, in a kid-friendly way, uh, we're trying to distill those issues um, and, you know, just just kind of that, that idea that it's just one small thing, like everyone doing one small thing really makes a big difference um, and that kids should feel empowered and inspired to do that. Oh my goodness, I just feel inspired listening to that. That's just beautiful. That's just like a brilliant idea. Do you read these books to your, I know you've got a one-year-old and a three-year-old. 
do you is, is that is there like a, a litmus test if your three-year-old likes it or yeah do you- it is actually yeah yeah so we do um and so our three-year-old's amazing he knows every single one of them off by heart uh and we donated them to his kinder so now i think it's he's got these really cute like moments where he gets read them in kinder and he's like oh mommy wrote that <laughs> so- oh that's beautiful so what age group are you targeting so for kids to read this is it three to six is it three to nine yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, honestly, like literacy, it's so important for kids um, and it is the foundation of, you know, success in future lives. So I think kids should be read books for them when they're born. Um, and I think in terms of uh, the concepts, we would generally say it's, you know, newborn to eight. Um, where a lot of them realistically, you know, that you could have different layers and conversations depending on the age. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Well, that's just that's very, very good. And so, where if I find looking to purchase one of these and to get more to it, where would I go, please, Tegan? Yep, they're all on our website. So, it's www.ethicalbooks.com. Ethicalbooks.com. Fantastic. Okay. So, that's what you're doing now. Now, if, if you could do th- things differently, like I know you started, you started in March and you're, you're taking it forward now. In terms of monetization, for someone who's wanting to start up a publishing house, what do I need to be aware of to know that how much savings I need to have? Because at what point, because when you start a business, the profit doesn't come, doesn't come straight away or turning a passion unless you're working for someone. The profits mm-hmm. don't come What do I need to be aware of in terms of monetization? Yeah, I mean, I think that just like realistically any business, um, you know, there's the cost of creation um, and for books. Of all the model we have had to go with because we're not a massive company yet is we are buying the rights of the illustrations so that's a cost uh, and then you've got your moq wherever you choose to produce your goods um and so ours is a thousand so yeah each book it is a considerable investment um so i i definitely think that you know you have to have at least those costs um we realize you know we realize the business is not necessarily going to break even you know we're, we're hoping a year yeah. um six six months to a year um and then so honestly like i'm still doing some freelancing to fund that and i think that you know there's this debate in the, the entrepreneur world you know you've just got to go all in um Otherwise, you can't, it can't work. And, but I think you just have to temper that with the realities of life. Of we're parents with two young children and we've got a mortgage to pay. COVID is happening. There's so much uncertainty. You know, I just think that there has to be a balance uh, between earning some money. And I, I suppose I feel very fortunate that I'm not shackled to full-time job or a boss. <laughs> I can just pick up work and do it when I want to so I can have the money I need to fund our next round of books or whatever I need. So that's actually been really fortunate. But that's, that's brilliant. That's entrepreneurial of you. I think that's very entrepreneurial of you to have to be able to generate an income on your own calling and still be able to do this other passion project, entrepreneurial venture that you're in. Because, I mean, that's the definition of entrepreneurship, really. I mean, you're making it work. You're finding a way. You're not just saying, oh, that would be a great idea if only I had X, if only we had all this money. Because I read a really beautiful quote. It's about getting what you need, getting done in spite of your own life, in spite of life happening around you. Like, it's mm. always going to happen. Life just gets larger. It doesn't get simpler or easier. Like as you have, get married and you have a, a kid or have kids and then you add on to what you want to do as, you know, in your world, life just gets bigger and it's about how you handle that intensity or bigness that allows you to have more opportunity. I mean, wouldn't you say that? 
Yeah, 100%. I, I think you just have to be realistic. And personally, for me, I just feel more confident in the business's future if I've got the money to back it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, I, maybe there's people out there that are amazing at saving. Uh, I can't really say like uh, that we're those people. Uh, so I feel like um, I'm backing myself with my skills um, and my current client list and then putting all the rest of the time and energy into growing the business okay. that is my passion for this company. Would you ever consider, and I'm only asking because I'm just curious, would you ever consider putting your books also on other e-commerce sites like on Amazon or Fishpond or, you know, other books that are online sites? Like who just, they're not publishing homes, but they just, homes. they're not publishing houses, but they just have books that they sell. Like, would you ever consider going on them as well and selling the books there? Yeah, it's it's a consideration. Um, it, it really eats your margin. Uh, we sort of run the financials of it though. And, you know, um, we're already an international store. Like we're already shipping to, I think, 15 countries or it's it's quite a few already. And there's no barrier for us doing that. So there's kind of no reason um, except for awareness. Uh, and, and and we feel like the, the, the pros and cons, it, it probably just doesn't really weigh up. Okay, fantastic. All right, then. So what I want to do at this point, Tegan, is I've started a new segment on the podcast called the Rapid Fire Questions. And I'm just going to fire some questions at you. And I just want you to give me the bite-sized answer, the the first thing that comes to mind. So you don't have to think a lot about it. It's what the first thing that comes to mind. Cool? (laughs) I'm just so nervous about this. This is all so (laughs) that it comes out well <laughs> it's all good it's all good it's all good i'm making a big deal out of it it's all good it's just it's just a few questions i'm gonna ask you one after the other and it's the first thing that comes to mind that's all sure. okay so what is the one marketing if you had to do one marketing strategy what would that be mm, for b to c business to consumer right now i think it's um mailing your instagram instagram okay fantastic what is the hardest part of turning a passion into a profession? Just letting go of all your fears about where the next paycheck is going to come from. Oh, I love that. What's the easiest part of turning a passion into a profession? Loving what you do every day. Mm. Oh, I love that. What, do you prefer texting or talking? Texting. I'm a writer. <laughs> I have to write it. When, when I say it, it just comes out so bad, mostly. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Where would you go if you were invisible? Leave Victoria. <laughs> I love that. Because, by the way, I remember Victoria's in lockdown, some of the suburbs. So We can't we- leave. No, we can't leave Victoria. All the borders are closed to us. We're stuck here. So if you were invisible, you could. <laughs> yeah. If, you're, if, if a movie was made of your journey, what would the genre be? Comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, love it. Fill in the blank. Turning a passion into a profession is? Something everyone should try and do because life's too short to be unhappy. Oh, I love that, Tegan. I love that. And on that note, I want to leave it because that was just perfect. Perfect because it sums up your whole journey. I mean, I just want to say that in the work that you've done and starting a ethical books, I love that, ethical books, and starting your work or having continuing your work as a freelancer funding it using your freelancing to fund ethical books i mean that's that is the true calling of turning a passion to profession because a lot of people think turning a passion to profession you need to be the next um whatever 
Elon Musk and you will be one day, you will be up at his level, but it's where you are right now. It's what it takes. He once was where you are right now. Just starting out. I mean, I remember reading a story that when he was starting SpaceX, he had sold PayPal and he had lost all his money. I mean, he'd used up all his money and he was asking for rent from his friends, money for, for rent, just to, and he had sold PayPal, right? And it's exactly where you are. It's just not PayPal. It's, it's ethical books that you're working on. You, you know what I mean? Like your journey is how it starts. And that's why it's been so exciting to have you on this podcast because you're the, the definition of entrepreneurial, the entrepreneurial journey as it begins and as it journeys forward. So thank you so much for being with us. Yeah. No, you're so welcome. This has been, it's been fantastic. Did you have a good time, Tegan? <laughs> yes, thank you so much, Rita. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I'm only saying that because Tegan was saying to me that she woke up at 4 a.m. because her kids woke her up. And she's like, I hope the words come out properly. <laughs> and I know that you've done Yeah, brilliant. I have no idea what I said. Just edit it out. It's rubbish. That's totally fine. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I've had a blast having you. Thank you so much, Tegan. Thank you, everyone, for being on the podcast. If you like this episode, please comment, please share. Please send a, put out a review on Anchor and on iTunes to tell us what you know and what you think. And if there's any questions that you'd like answered, please let me know. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the very next episode. God bless.